Welcome back, pool fans, pool sharks, pool hustlers, railbirds, gamblers, bangers, and guppies. <laughs> I'm beginning to like this job a little bit. My name is Mr. Bond, and you are listening to American Billiard Radio. Today is June the 11th, 2015, and tonight's show is brought to you in part by Tweet and Fiber Company, makers of Master Chalk, Triangle Chalk, Elk Master Tips, and a whole host of other good accessories for your game made right here in the United States. What do we got going on this week? Well, you know, unless you've been living in a cave, you've probably heard about this new program on TV. The True TV Network has a show called The Hustlers. The premise is, you know, that there's a list of some of the top players in New York, and they're battling it out for the top spots, matching up with each other, winning money in the process, you know, trying to get in each other's head. It's been pretty fun so far. We've had a chance to talk to a couple of the cast members over the last month or so. And uh, this week, we've had uh, one of our illustrious co-hosts, Mark Cantrell. He sat down with uh, one of the cast members from the show, uh, Mr. Mikey Frost. And uh, he's going to give us a little bit of uh, the inside scoop, you know, some behind the scenes, a little bit of dirt, a little bit of digging, just to see what it's like, you know, from the inside out. So uh, I think you guys will learn a little bit, have a little fun in the process. Uh, and we're going to get to that in just a second. But first, we're going to start it all off with your one-minute pool instructor. Hi, I'm Scott Lee. Hey, Randy G. And welcome to the One Minute Pool Instructor. So Scott, this week um, I've got an interesting thing. Um, whether we teach individual students or pool school, it doesn't make any difference. Have you seen a theme of faults in, in the students time after time after time? Absolutely, and you know what? Almost down to a single student, there's always the same thing. Can you name maybe I, a top I, three? I can. Let's I can. go over one at a time. Well, the, the first thing is people grab onto that cue tight. Like somebody's going to steal it, huh? <laughs> or like they want to hammer the, the uh, cue stick or the cue ball with the cue stick like you would a nail with a hammer. All right, so what's the matter with the tight grip? Well, in theory, nothing because it's a piece of wood and a piece of plastic and, and the cue ball doesn't know whether you whack it or you swing the cue. But for us as pool players, it feels a whole lot different and we get a lot more feedback uh, from the cue stick and the cue ball when we let the cue do the work. We call that kinetic energy. Well, when you let the weight of the cue and timing create the speed of the stroke. Well, that would create consistency then. Oh boy, it doesn't ever. Tight grip can't be consistent. Well, and then here's another thing. We, we always talk about quantification, right. which, is, right. which is how you expound on something and measure something. And the thing is that when you hold the cue tight and you hit the ball with muscle, it's very hard to figure out how much muscle to use to hold on to the cue and how much muscle to use to hit the cue ball. But when you always hold the cue loose and you have a, a beginning and an end to your pendulum stroke, the brain can train the arm, the biceps, to move that cue stick from the end of the backswing to the finish position at a whole bunch of different speeds. Whereas the average pool player hits the ball three ways. They've got their normal swing, whatever that is, they've got a bunt or a dink stroke, and they've got a break. And those are always wildly different uh, physically and physiologically and emotionally. And one of the things that we try to teach is that they don't have to be, they can all be the same, and we teach uh, speed with numbers right, instead of right. arbitrary terms like well, soft. soft and hard. Yeah, hit it very soft. And right. what the heck is medium? Who knows? <laughs> soft could be charm as far as we know. Yeah, right. All right. So, so first of all, and I agree with you, that the number one problem I see in, in, in our amateur students coming in is they want to hold on to their cue too tight. Yep. Okay. And yeah, that just prohibits movement. That it sure does. All right. The next thing, and you know what? Jerry Price has been saying this for 50 years. Jerry, he's right in everything he says. Fast backswing. Everybody swings too fast. Yeah. Now we say smooth because you can actually put a little pace on it if you stop at the back longer. Right. But the bottom line is everybody backswings too quick. 
and when you backswing quickly it's very difficult to change direction and maintain the accuracy and the control of the cue that you want to have. Oh yeah, the faster the backstroke, the more you have to regrip the cue and realign the cue for something you were going to do naturally anyway. No, isn't that one of the most common misconceptions that you pull the cue back according to how fast you want to oh, hit the ball? Oh, I've heard those goofy <laughs> things too, yeah. Yeah, your backstroke is the same speed as your forward stroke. Right. Yeah, I don't know where people come up with that. but uh, well, you know, it's an old wives tale that's been passed on for decades. So why is something so simple as the backstroke, Scott, so difficult? Well, because people don't have a uh, they don't have an example to follow because a pro can get away with that because they've been doing it that way yeah. all of their lives. Most of the pros have pretty neat they back do. swings. They yeah. do. There's a few out there that don't, but they, they, yeah, they get by with it. But you know what? If we line up the top 100 pros against the wall and we videotape them all and videotape their process, they're all going to have little eccentricities in what they do. The difference is they do their thing their way the same way every time. And we, as amateur players, yeah, we do the same thing when we're on, yeah. but we don't do the same thing when we're under pressure. All right, so That's you've got the grip, you've got the backstroke. Yeah. Oh, what? Is there really a third thing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I would call it no process. Well, what's a process? Well, I mean, it, it, most people want to call that a pre-shot routine. We, of course, know there's more. There's three routines, right. not just one. Right. But the process begins when you're standing up away from the table, probably chalking your tip, make, doing your decision-making. And then it progresses on to stepping into the shot line and lining up where it looks right to you. And when your hand hits the table, now you start that real pre-shot routine where you're going to shoot the ball. And most people, first of all, only think about that process once they're down on the table. They don't think about what do they do to get to there. And then they don't have a repeatable way of setting up and delivering the cue. Is that one of the things you cover right away? Always. Always. Yeah, with same, every yeah, student. Yeah, 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 it's hard to teach them anything without their process, that's mm -hmm. for sure. And it's mental and physical. Oh, yeah. All right. So, okay, you've covered the grip, the backstroke, and, and having a repeatable routine. Absolutely. Um, can you think of any one other thing out of the, th the top three there? Or, uh, what do you think, Randy? Oh, I'm, I'm you know, eye pattern. Oh, we, we talked of about the eyes. Their eyes are goofy all yeah, the time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's a whole... Yeah, let's well, talk I think about we did that, that a couple we, we, weeks ago. Didn't well, we? we did. I think it's been more than a couple weeks, but let's let's revisit that. Yeah, because they don't know again, what they're supposed to look at. It's it's a it's a vital thing. It's something that that we work with pro players on, and every time that we've done it with a pro, they've come back to us and said, "Wow." That little thing was a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. And we know that it works for all levels of players. So we'll talk about that either next week or the week after that. All right. For the One Minute Pool Instructor, I'm Scott Lee. And Randy G. And we'll see you on American Billiard Radio. Welcome back to American Billiard Radio. This is the Legends and Champions Report brought to you by Neil's Garage Cabinets of Mesa, Arizona. I'm your host, Mark Cantrell, and this week I have my special guest, as some of you know from the forums, Mikey Frost. Mikey Frost Marley. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Doing good. What's up? Well, we'll talk about the, uh, the uh, Hustlers TV show since... Uh, this is Ed. Basically, there's been a number of threads on AZ Billies. There's been a number of uh, posts on uh, Facebook. And part of the reason that I invited you onto the show is that I know you're a straight shooter. I know you're going to give us uh, information that maybe we wouldn't get, or you'll give us a straight answer as opposed to dancing yeah. around. Um, I also know that based on whatever contract you may have with the production company, or True TV, you may not be able to answer every question that we have, um, but you know, I'm sure you'll let us know what they are. So oh, yeah, definitely keep it real. Is it, let's let's start. We've got uh, from the forum. I asked for questions. Uh, we've got Pink Lady, the Mouth of the South, and uh, let's see. The first the first question that would be that's been banded around a little bit is. Has the show been re-upped for next season? Um, as far as do we got a season two, we're not at that point 
we're not at that point yet, but what we can say is the ratings are getting better and better, so more and more people are watching, and I, I hope that continues to grow. And if the support keeps going, then, yeah, we'll have a season two. Okay. Uh, I'm sure we'll find out. I know it's been kind of up in the air a little bit as far as that goes. Uh, just waiting to see the numbers, you know? Um, oh, yeah, definitely. The, the, the other question, again, you pick where they had three of them. Um, you seem to be doing a, a whole hell of a lot of promoting and pushing and pumping the show yourself. Uh, I think there's a couple of other the cast members who are doing it as well. Uh, I, I, are you being, uh, the question is, are you being compensated for for doing that kind of thing? And why aren't 2TV doing that for you or the production company? Well, I, I guess let me answer that in two parts. Um, the first part, number one, I've been on AZ since 2008. And this is really my first chance to be able to give something back to the forum. I don't come on the forum trying to promo anything. Only thing I've come on the forum trying to do is let people know things that may not be clear from the show or answer questions that people may have about the show. You know, a lot of the a lot of the talk in the beginning was about some of the editing and what I'm trying to get people to realize is some of these were two and a half, three hour sets that get edited down to four minutes long. So I came on there to just kind of set some of the stuff straight about what's going on with the show. So that's number one. That's the only thing I'm doing on AZ. I'm not pushing the show's agenda. The only thing I'm trying to be there is for the forum members that have been there for me since way back when I first started playing. So that's how I feel about that one. Number two, no, I'm not being compensated. I mean, everybody on the show, we feel like we did this as a team. We feel like what we made is great. We want people to see it. So what we're out there doing is no no different than if anybody else had a pet project or anything that they feel responsible for. We're doing the only thing that we know how to do, and that's spread the word, show them, hey, we got new clips on the website. Check it out. It might make you interested. Hey, let me answer a couple questions for you here and there about the show that you may not understand. Let me give you a behind-the-scenes perspective. We're not being compensated to do any of that. That's all from the bottom of our heart because we believe in what we worked on for those 10 weeks. Well, I imagine that you do have a vested interest as well in promoting it and talking about it, talking, you know, talking it up or explaining things and trying to say, hey, look, there's a new clip on the website, that kind of thing. Because you want a second season, right? I mean, you'd be stupid for... I mean, I don't think there's anybody on the cast who would say, no, we don't want there to be a second season. Uh, so, you know, you're doing your due diligence, I guess, to try and help the show along. I mean, yes and no. I will say this, you know, pretty much everybody on the show, we all have different professions. We all have different ways that we earn the vast majority of our money. If we didn't believe in what we were seeing, we would all gladly walk away from it. We wouldn't be exploited. We actually like what they're doing, and we like what they're showcasing. So, I mean, we do have a vested interest in it, and of course we want a season two, because what we're seeing with season one and how the show is developing, I mean, you look at the first episode, it's night and day versus the fifth episode. It's more intricate now. They know how to blend it. It looks like they're improving with their timing. It's more interesting to watch. I mean, they're showing some of people's humor. They're showing some of people's lives that people are putting out there. And I think the way in which they're showcasing it, we're all kind of proud to see it. You know, it's a good product. We do like the show. What do, what do you say to the people who, like myself, I mean, I you know, you can put me in there, that uh, have had some of the technical, seen some of the technical things that we go, well, that's really not how you would really go about doing that in a real pool room. Uh, if you were playing for 2,000, you wouldn't have six people stood around making fun of you or talking in the middle of it. Um, I know it's a show. I know it's for other people. You know, it's not necessarily for the pool purist. Um, 
But, you know, he's had people have said things about the cast, uh, about the, the list, you know, why are people on the list. Gee, can you tell us how the list was derived, how that came about? Um, you know, once again, good question. Um, let me break that up into a couple different parts, um, and I'll try to answer all of that for you. Um, number one, as far as when we're all standing around the table, I don't think it's much different than what you would get from the rail. The difference is we're mic'd. So some of the stuff that you hear people saying, you can't necessarily hear while you're at the table playing. Some of that is they turn the mic up and you hear a little side conversation to the side. It's like, why would he hit the ball like that? And then next thing you know, when you're watching the show, it looks like somebody just blurted out, why did you hit the ball like that? When in actuality, it didn't really affect the outcome of the game. So that's number one. You know, some of it you have to realize they do have great audio equipment. This is a real deal production. Number two, you wouldn't have some of these personalities that we have mixing together. I mean, it's not like everybody on this show is best friends or would actually want to be in action with each other. I mean, it, it's not all love and pool, okay? Everybody doesn't necessarily love each other. So when you do get a situation where, you know, you get an Emily barking at an Amy, I mean, that's real. That's going to happen whether the cameras are on or whether the cameras are off because their personalities don't mix. The way Emily comes off and the way Amy comes off, it just rubs them the wrong way, and then they kind of go at each other to some extent. And what you get out of it is, you know, you end up with some great exchanges, and it's interesting. You know, it was pretty cool. They went back and forth. Ross and Emily played, you know, Maybe later in the season they play again. You know, it's kind of without trying to script the storyline, one really starts to build, okay? So that's kind of number one. It's like, yeah, you will have the banner, um, but that's that's the nature of pool when you start mixing these type of personalities. These are strong personality people, okay? These are not your church mouths. They're not going to say nothing to nobody, just, you know, suit up, let's go to work. I mean, yeah, that's going to happen, but you're definitely going to hear it from us. Um, as far as the list goes, you know, to me what the list represents, honestly, is excellent in pool. That's the thing that if you're a viewer at home, you realize that, hey, you know what, I'm going to work to get a little better, and maybe I'm going to be a little better than the next person on my team that I have for league nights. Or, you know what, I'm tired of coming in this place in the tournament. Now I'm going to work my way up. That's all it is. It's just that manifested in one central place with all the characters that we have on the show. And, I mean, I'll be honest with you. You know, I'm at the bottom of it right now. And I played like I'm at the bottom of it. So do I think the list is accurate right now? Yeah, why not? I mean, it's hard to dispute. I mean, Jen's playing great. Scotty's playing great. You know, you see where people are. You know, you got you got the Shane on the come up. Yeah, it's really the rank that people are in right now. Now, as far as the way it's put out to the world, you have to realize something. The rest of the world doesn't know New York. The rest of the world, they don't know. So as far as anybody that's watching this show goes, it's not a lot. We're probably the best 10 players in New York that they know of. You know a little more. You know, we know a little more because we're on the inside, and we're part of the industry. We're part of the scene. So we might know a little bit different. But you got to keep in mind, this isn't going out to 5,000 or 10,000 people that's watching a, a stream. This is hitting hundreds of thousands of homes. Believe me, they have no fear. And what they're seeing, in all honesty, is true from their perspective. You know, you have to realize you, you, everybody could be looking at the same thing, but if perspective is different, you're going to see something a little bit different. I can say a woman's beautiful, and you can look at that same woman and say, not really. That's what the list is. 
the list is something for the viewers at home to understand, hey, this is cool excellence. There's no handicaps. It's straight up. Race to nine. Play it out. Whoever wins goes up. Whoever loses goes down. If you win, you're rewarded. If you lose, you're penalized. It's, I mean, it's straight up. There's, to me, the list is not a complicated thing. And the, and the matches, just just to hear it from you, the matches are real. The, Let me say, I mean, that's the number one thing that I keep seeing. It's driving me crazy. When people say these matches are not real, I mean, you just look at the show. Look at some of the people that are constantly featured in the show and look at the wins and losses. And tell me, how does it make sense for this person to lose in this spot? Now, obviously, I'm not going to give any spoilers away. I can't do that. But what I'm saying is you have to understand people are really playing for this money. I guarantee you, every set we won, we got paid 100%. And there's nobody that's a part of this show that's rich enough that didn't want the money every time they had a chance to go get that money. People played hard for that money. Those reactions that you see, let me tell you something, they're enhanced. They're heightened because you're not only playing in front of all your peers, okay? You're not only playing for this money, you also got the heat coming down from these cameras. And you're looking at these cameras and you know in your heart of hearts that, fine, people aren't going to see this today, but they are going to see it. And you don't want to be walking around having to explain to all your family and friends why you had such a poor showing. Why did that girl kick your butt? Why did, how did you lose to a one leg and one arm dude? You know what I mean? Trust me. Gary's hating it right now. Gary's getting beat by women. He's getting beat by Scotty. Like, everybody's like, Gary, how are you number one and you never win? You don't win. How are you number one? Where'd it come from? You should have been number one to begin with. He's dealing with it. In real life right now, not on the camera, in real life. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. we, all, we all knew this kind of stuff was going to come. And we all wanted to be out there and say, you know what, we want to do the best we can because we've all had a lot of support. We have a lot of people that are close to us. And we want to. We know that if we win and if they truly support you, they feel like they won too. So you have a super vested interest in going out there and giving it everything that you got. And the money's real. Okay. Let me, let me, uh, I think we're going to come back to some more of this a little bit with some of the other questions. Uh, All right. Let's go. But his next question is from uh, Gunsby. All right. And it's, uh, what's it like being a celebrity now? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I, let, let, me, let me just preface this a little bit so that. I don't. I don't know if it's uh, uh, tongue in cheek kind of thing or what. But like you said earlier, it is hundreds of thousands of homes that you're going to. And have you, have you seen the difference in uh, the phone calls you get or messages you get? I mean, we've been known each other for probably ten years. We met in the uh, first time in Des Moines, Iowa. Exactly. And, yeah, we know each other about ten years. And uh, you know, we spoke on and off sporadically. But now all of a sudden you're on a TV show and I'm calling you. You know, you I'm talking to you. So is, is that, uh, have you seen a change in the way things have been? I mean, there's a, there's a major change. Um, and the one thing about the changes, I can say, is it's actually been very positive. You know, the people that are reaching out to you, it's like they might have lost track of you, but then they're like, yo, you're, you're doing something. And I'm proud of you. Even though I haven't spoken to you in a long time, it's like, hey, I'm proud of you, you know? That's one kind of call. That's a good kind of call. You know, I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of people that are also reaching out, obviously, trying to figure out how can they get down. <laughs> Is there going to be a season two? Hey, Mikey, uh, can you use me for this? Hey, Mikey, can you use me for that? And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm not Vinny Chase. I'm not about to walk around with an entourage. You know what I'm saying? It's like I could right now. I can have an honorage of a lot of people's favorite players if I wanted to. Um, but, I mean, there are a couple people that I really do have in mind because it benefits me um, for what they can provide me and also gets them some exposure. So if some of this stuff can actually work out, 
with production, there's a lot of people I'd be happy to help out. But the people that also reach out and I go back on their page and I look at them sitting there hating at what we're doing, I'm not in a hurry to help you. As a matter of fact, I'll never help you. I don't care if somebody was forcing me to try to help you. I hurt myself before I helped you. That's how I feel about it. So when people are sitting there knocking, be ready to knock it forever. It might end in five episodes. That's cool. But if you're knocking it now, be ready to knock it forever because you're not going to ever be able to be down with what we're doing. Okay. Fair enough. Um, you know, there's a saying as well that says, uh, be careful uh, how you treat people on your way up because you're going to meet those same people on your way down. Again. Yep. I, as, have you noticed any changes in attitudes from any of the cast members uh, that have gone a little bit more cocky than the, maybe they should at this point? I mean, if anything, you know, one thing I think this experience has showed us all is, you know, being on display like that, you know, you're pretty vulnerable. Um, you know, you're open to a whole lot of scrutiny that we didn't necessarily realize going in. It's kind of, It's one of those things like you know it's coming, and it's totally different once it actually comes. It's way worse than what you thought it was going to be. So, I mean, one thing I noticed out of a lot of the cast members, man, they, they're a little bit more humble. I'm noticing a little more humility. I'm noticing a little more teamwork. Like, I'll be honest with you, you know, during the whole time that we were filming, um, we didn't really talk much as a group. Because while we were filming, you know, too many conversations kind of, you know, just for production purposes, it would ruin a scene, right? Like, if I'm talking to you and, you know, you're planning to come do something, you know, you're, you're planning to come challenge me, but I find out about it in advance and I'm already ready for it, it kind of ruins the suspense of it, you know what I mean? So during the taping of the whole thing, it was like, a lot of us weren't talking very much. Even though we're still cool or not cool, it's like we didn't have really an open line of communication because we didn't want to accidentally ruin what was going on in production. But what I'll say is afterwards, I mean, we're pretty strong click right now. Like, our crew is not very weak. So we get together, you know, we got group chats, you know, all kinds of stuff, and we sit and we talk and we, you know, we kind of strategize a little bit um, just as far as what we can do. I mean, obviously we got limited resources, but we do all have, you know, our respective following. And, you know, it's like, well, what are we going to reach out to people about right now? And it's like, well, I like these clips. I like them. So we say, all right, well, let's go post them. Let's see if people react to them. Let's see if people want to watch them. So we got more teamwork right now because we know that, if we all stick together and we follow the plan, and since we like what we did, that's a better chance for it to move on to a season two. If we all sit up there and say, you know what, I'm bigger than you now, I don't need you, you can't help me, blah, 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 and you start building up too much anger and resentment towards each other, I mean, that'll make a production company very hard to want to continue to work with us. That'll make a network very hard to even want to go and, and watch the show. Sure, there's going to be a little dissension, but if everybody can't be on the same page and everybody's refusing to work with everybody, that's how you end up with a whole new team in there for season two. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, let me ask you from Trin... Trinacia? Trinacria. Trinacria. I, I, I guess that's what it says. Um, ask. This is a good question, and I know uh, there's, there's a good answer to this one, but that's why he thinks dumping on purpose was a smart move, and he thinks he's smarter than everyone. Which You, you thought you were smarter than everybody when you were in fifth grade, most probably, and uh, before the TV show. Well, why do you think dumping on purpose was a smart move? It was so obvious, cringeworthy to get to the shed, most likely. What's... Um, well, I don't know if it was that serious. It was pool. Nobody got shot. Um, but 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I'll answer that question. So the way that they actually showed the order of the matches on the show was not the actual order of the matches during the tournament. Okay? That's one thing that people don't really understand, and I have no problem saying. So going into the round robin, I had absolutely no intentions on dumping, none whatsoever. I had been practicing a lot. I was working on my game. I felt pretty good, actually, going into the round robin. I played Mike DeShane. I got my butt whooped. I played Jared. It was tight. I had a couple balls not go my way. He ended up beating me. So now I look over at the scoreboard, and I'm talking about the very, very best I could have done at that point was the eighth spot. The eighth spot doesn't pay, and you know what your reward for it is? Your reward for it is you get to challenge whoever finishes seventh. Okay, that's not a, that to me that didn't make much sense. I'm like I'm not going to get any money anyway. So if I can't get any money, what's the point of trying to win right now? So that's where it came from. I I ended up in a position where I couldn't do any better. And I'm sorry, I'm not one of those people that cares about winning just to win. Okay, I got news for you. I'm just not that competitive, and I'm also a huge winner in life. So I'm going to do what's right for me, and that's what I'm saying. When I, when I sat there and said, oh, you know what, I'm a little smarter than these people, they're only trying to win. They're going out there, they're like, oh, I just want to win, just want to win. And I'm like, what's your purpose? What's your strategy? You have no strategy. You're just out here running around like a dancing monkey. To me, that's not the way to do it. Who does that? I'm a boss in real life. I don't let people sit up there and call my shots. I call shots. So I'm sitting up there looking at my situation, and I'm like, well, the best situation that I can create for myself from here is to sit up here and say, well, I might as well play whoever does the worst out of this whole thing. That's my best look. I started nine, and then hopefully, if I can catch a little gear, I can follow up. You know, when Jared and DeShane and Emily and all, you know, whoever's going up, I can catch whoever's coming down. And then I can make my move after that. Because my tournament was over after the first two matches in the round robin. I had no shot from that. None. So you positioned yourself in a, in a, in a way that you knew if you were on the way lower end of the, of the list, coming back up, you'd have an easier chance to win a couple of grand here, a couple of grand here, and before you you even got to a, uh, before you got to a tough match, really. You know, I mean, you know, let me, let me be clear, you know, everybody on the show can play. So, I mean, I wouldn't say there's any, you know, easy matches, but I'll say that there are some easier matches, um, but I wouldn't say anybody's like, oh, yeah, I love to play them. I'm just stealing. Like, it's different when you're in there, you got the cameras, everything's going, people talking, you know, it, it's, a, it's a different environment. And, you know, I'm a gambler. I'm not a tournament player like some of these people are on the show. I mean, let's get it clear. Everybody on the show, for my money, is not a hustler. Some of these people just go out and try to play the best tournament that they can. That's not me. I've never been that guy, never in my life. I've happened to win a few events here and there over time, but I've never been that guy. I match up. I stay in the box. I'm a real gambler. I know that, you know what, I might not catch a gear for two, three hours, but I got enough money to stay in here for two, three hours until I do. And then I can figure out whether I'm going to win or lose. What you're looking at right now on this show, especially with the list, is one set and you're done. That's like a sudden-death tournament situation. The cream ain't going to rise to the top in that sudden-death tournament type of situation. Yeah, some of the tournament players may excel at that, but, nah, that's that's anti what being a gambler is. A gambler is going to sit up there and get it on with you for eight to ten hours, you know, for three to four or five days in a row. I might play you for two weeks if I like the game. So, that's a different scenario than playing a list match, one race to nine, that's going to be over in an hour and a half or two hours. And, oh, my God, you won. And, oh, yeah, you feel like you're better than me. When it's, it's like at the end of the day, flip the coin. 
and really get down. Because you don't, you, you don't really play like that. You do play this tournament stuff, though. I'll give it to you. You know, some of these people are at a tournament every weekend, and, uh, you know, they're champions. I'm not knocking them now, but I'm just saying that's what they do. That's their lane. I'm in the box. I gamble. That's my lane. So, in that episode where uh, you were obviously not trying as hard as maybe you could, let's say, um, and I think it was Amy and Emily were getting a little riled up about the thing. Was, was that... I, and the reason I'm asking this question is to this reality TV, we know to a certain extent things are, you know, product, for production purposes, have to be set up a different way. But were they genuinely pissed off at you? Well, see, here, here's the thing. I don't feel like anybody was genuinely pissed off at me during that, okay? I feel like they were pissed off at the situation. Like, I love Emily. I'll hug and kiss her tonight. So what I'm saying is when that happened, it was the outcomes were already determined. Like I said, these matches happened out of order than what we saw. So when I was playing Emily, it was only a question of whether Jared was going to win the $1,000 or whether Emily was going to win the $1,000 for finishing second in the round robin, okay? Ross and Amy, God love them, because I sure do. I love Ross and Amy. I don't, I don't, I'm not bashful about that. They crack me up. So they had already been figuring, like, well, Mike Deshane is going to win, and he had, at that point, technically, he really did already win. When my match was going on on the show, Mike had really already won. Let's be clear. So he's like, Ross is like, well, if Frosty loses to Emily here, we're going to get Emily's money anyway. And Ross has already beat Emily a set in the show. So that's what they were barking about. Oh, we want your money again, Emily. We want your money again. If you, if you watch this show real closely, when Emily and Amy are really going at each other, look at the balls on the table. That was before the match even really got going. That was before we even racked them up to play. Okay? So they were already having that argument. And it just kind of continued throughout the set. So that beef had already started. You know, I mean, it's the, it's the power of production. And Russ felt like, hey, I'm going to lose to DeShane, but I'm going to get this money right back beating Emily, because Emily would be next in line at that point. You see what I'm saying? Well, how the list works? Right. So he knew, and that, so that's where the beef came from. It's like, don't worry, baby, we're going to get your money back anyway. We can't wait to play you again. For me personally, it was the best thing to do. It was already the best thing for me to do. So I, was already, I already knew I'm losing. So whenever everybody saw it, I didn't go out there just to lose to Emily like like a clown, that ain't what happened. I didn't miss a ball the entire set when I played Emily. Not one fucking ball. I made every single ball. Ran out for my breaks, ran out when she broke dry. She made five balls the entire set. I said, no, I'm still going to play hard because I want to prove my point. But I'm also going to do what's best for me, which was not win that match. And, like, I don't, I don't understand why, what is so hard for people to understand about that. And you're watching a show called The Hustlers, you see a little bit of hustle, and then all of a sudden you get upset. Like, what are you doing? I don't understand that. You're looking at you're looking at women doing well in the list and improving. Like, I support women. I love women. So, yeah, I want to see women do well. It was a win-win. Emily got her free, you know what I mean? She got extra money. You know, I'm not saying if I were to play hard, that, you know, all of a sudden I was definitely going to win. It was a race to three. It was a crapshoot anyway. But for me, it was better to lose in that situation. Well, people have, you got to, what you've got to understand, Mike, is that the, when, when people, you, when you say, I don't know why it's so hard for people to understand, they maybe because I watched, I watched the show, and I didn't put two and two together, the, the list, that it would be better for you to lose. I couldn't figure out. I, I don't know why he's why he's missing those balls. So 
there's other people out there who are maybe thinking the same thing. So, you know, maybe it wasn't uh, explained uh, properly or, you know, there wasn't some kind of voiceover or something that said, this is the reason I'm doing this, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, it, it probably could have been narrated a little bit better, but um, to answer the last part of that question, she said, why do I think I'm smarter than everybody else? I think I'm smarter than everybody else because I'm smarter than everybody else. Anybody on that show could put up some money for an IQ test. <laughs> yeah, uh, how about, how, you, you're a little bit humble as well. That's what I've noticed about you. You don't really like to. <laughs> I mean, I really am humble. I mean, I really am. I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not a bad dude, but I'm just saying she asked me, you know, you're not going to hear me say I'm the best player on the show. That's not coming out of my mouth. You're not going to hear me say I'm a professional player. Like some people post on their websites that are not. You're not going to see me do no shit like that. But if you ask me, why do I feel like I'm smart? I know I'm a smart mother. Like, ask anybody. Anybody spends any amount of time with me and be like, damn, I would have never guessed you were that smart. I know a lot of shit about a lot of shit. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on to these uh, questions from Hungarian. Uh, there's six of them, so why we, we can probably just keep these as short as, uh, as we can. Uh, question one is, and, and I know that some of these questions may be a contractual thing, but I, so I'm just asking them anyhow. Who, right. who owns the hustlers? Um, not me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, no, but uh, Pilgrim, Pilgrim Studios is is the production company involved, and True TV is the network that ordered the show. Okay. So, yeah, I, I, I figured there's, and that may cancel out question number two. Uh, do the cast members have any ownership? Um, now, or the, now or in the future? Um, I haven't. I haven't looked at everybody's contract. I can I can speak for me personally. I do not have any ownership of uh, this show. Okay. Are there any contracts to be signed? Now I'm guessing everybody signed a contract to the uh, inception conception of this. Uh, uh, oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We all are we all are under contractual agreement. And uh, there is another. You would have to be signing up on another contract or whatever changes, if there's any changes, uh, if there was a season two. Oh, absolutely. Season two would be all new contracts, and, uh, you know, there's no guarantee what cast members would still be in or some would get pushed out. I mean, that's a that's a network and, and studio decision um, that we would all live with. I don't think anybody who... Um, might necessarily get pushed out of it would all of a sudden turn their back on the show. You'd feel a little screwed, but you still know you helped you help build something that, that's turning into something really great. So you could always be proud of it. Right. Um, who, came, who came up with the inspiration concept for the show, and do they own a piece? Um, I'd be like honest with you. Is it IP, you know, intellectual property of somebody? Yeah. Right, right, right. I'll be honest with you. I do not have a good answer on that. I think um, if you guys read the Billiards Digest article, it kind of hints at that. It tells the origin of the show. But to answer his question specifically, I would have to know who in the war room conceived that idea. That I do not know. Um, but what I can tell you is about a year ago, we all got together, we filmed a bunch of scenes, we filmed um, enough to put together like a mini pilot, sizzle reel, um, it was sold to a different network initially, True TV came in after that, picked it up, and uh, you know, it took about a year and a half, but you know, the rest is history at this point. So, I, I couldn't tell you who was the actual guy that sat there and said, we're going to do this. I have no idea. Okay. I'd like to shake uh, their hand. Huh? I'd like to shake their hand. I'd like to <laughs> <meet them. laughs> Um 
how and when do cast members get paid? I guess the, 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 maybe the real question is, do you guys get paid at the end of the deal? Do you get paid in advance? Do you get paid weekly? You know, kind of thing. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, it, pretty much just to, just to make it easy and not as complex. There were, you know, there's a lot of exceptions. There's a lot of things that, you know, could have went on. So just to make it clear, you know, you get paid when you win your matches, okay? So you're getting paid after you win a match. Um, that was for money. And then also, you know, by the week of filming, um, and I think our weeks kind of ran like uh, Wednesday to Tuesday was like kind of our week. Um, if you worked in that Wednesday to Tuesday, you got paid for that week's associated episode. Now, now obviously, in retrospect, you know, that's kind of like saying you get paid weekly, right? Um, in retrospect, though, uh yeah, the episodes don't necessarily coincide 100% when, with when some stuff was filmed. Okay. So it's like just because just because you filmed it in week one doesn't mean it was shown in week one. You know, it might have been show, shown in episode one. It might have been shown at the beginning of episode two. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Just where, wherever the wherever the the production cuts were, um, you know, it could fall in. I mean, it's not like you see something that's twenty years off. It's like we did that the first day. Now they're showing it on episode ten. Like, no, we don't. We haven't seen anything like that. Well, I, I, and you know, I think another reason for the question is, you know, there's so many. Uh, we know it's happened where people have not been paid for things, and people are being laid on, and that kind of thing. But so so far so good. Your checks are all good. Nobody's holding oh, off on you or anything like that. Oh, Nobody's low playing you. Let me tell you, so I'll be the first person to say, you know, when you're dealing with this level of professionalism, it's different. When you're dealing with this kind of production company and you're dealing with this kind of network, the business is straight. You don't have to worry about the business at all. The business is on point. Checks are on point. You you don't have to sweat that kind of stuff with these guys. Yeah, that, that, I think that's maybe the uh, the the real roots of the question. I could be wrong, but uh, no, I mean, and, and I like Hungarian, but really that question's a little bit off because, and I had to ask it, but uh, it's nobody's real, nobody's business, is it? To be honest. <laughs> when you get paid. Um, uh, let me see, last one. If the show is wildly successful, are the current cast members guaranteed a, split, a spot moving forward? Absolutely not. That is 100% true. It is, I mean, completely true that... Um, we are not guaranteed anything. Nobody is guaranteed to be on season two, and that's just the that's just the nature of the business. I mean, you know, my hope personally is um, everybody gets a second swing at this thing, so we can really turn up and be live and and really put on um, a good show, and also, you know, really showcasing who we are as human beings, you know, like, I get on here, I joke around, people know I joke around, I, I talk a lot of whatever, whatever, but, you know, I'm also heavily involved in the community, I do a lot of charity work, there's a lot of good things that I do, there's a lot of good things that a lot of our cast members do as well, I mean, some of these people that I work with, they're, they're amazing, you, you don't realize it because you only see them in this limited capacity for five minutes while they're drinking a beer after a tournament match. So you don't know what kind of people they are. But, I mean, there's people on our cast that are involved heavily in foundations. They're on boards of directors. Like, these guys give their time, which is worth more than the money that they can give because some of their time generates that much money. I mean, these people are charitable, great 
people that we work with. People do things for awesome causes on a regular basis. I mean, you know, I'm not even going to call anybody out specifically, but, you know, there's an instance where I know somebody had to skip an event for the show because they were doing some charity work, and it ended up costing them their paycheck for that week. So I'm just saying, like, these are this is the caliber of people that's in our cast that a lot of people really wouldn't even guess or realize just because they might see some screaming or they might see an interview with some arrogance in it and they think, oh, my God, this person's so arrogant. When you don't realize, like, this person will give you the shirt off their back. Now, if they get mad, they might also rip that shirt off your back, but they will give you the shirt off their back. Right. And, right. you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot to be said for for that. Um, when you talk about people who do things and, and uh, for charities, et cetera, and it looks like they're sitting around having fun or doing whatever. Um, I, I, I remember being sat at a, a golf, uh, uh, you know, a golf club, and there was a Shriners uh, event going on, a Shriners golf tournament. And somebody had said, look at these guys all sitting around. They're this, this acting like they're doing something for charity, and they're sitting around in silly hats, getting drunk and playing golf. Well, what they don't realize is how much money they're raising for those children's hospitals at the same time. They're raising hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, at right. the same time doing that kind of thing. So, you know, knocking somebody for, you know, hanging out, having a beer or whatever is uh, a little silly to me. But let's, uh, let me see what we got here. Um, seven for life. Uh, does this show slash interview mean Mikey? Mike is not gonna is gonna stop asking questions here. Oh, stop answering! I'm sure that's all they meant. Gonna stop answering questions here because uh, that's kind of the thing he was doing. Well, happy. And if I, can I if I can just say something on this real quick, and I'll let you go. But part of the right. one of the things when we initially talked about doing this interview was. It's easier to say the words with expression and feeling to answer a question than it is to type it. Typing it can be slow, slow. It can come out like you don't, not like you mean it. Uh, it can come out different with voice inflection, etc. So I, I, I think that's, it doesn't mean you're going to stop to answering questions. It just means this interview was a re, uh, uh, an avenue to say it how you say it. Right? Exactly. Yeah, I just, I wanted people to actually hear, you know, because I know how it comes off of. I know how it comes off to people. Like, it's like, well, of course, they're doing the show. They're on this marketing push. But I'm like, I wish people from the forums really knew me more. Because there's a lot of guys on the forums that people don't understand. That they're like, why do these people come to Mikey's defense? And it's, it's because they actually know who I am. And they know how I feel about AZ. Trust me, we could be on the street. Somebody be like, yo, those guys on AZ are idiots. And I'll be the first one to correct them. I'll say, no, no, no. There's a couple idiots on AZ. But AZ is still the best billiard community that there is. There's no online forum like it for billiards information, for resource. I mean, you could go on AZ right now and find an instructor in your area, you can go get the ratings and reviews, not from a website that you don't know people pay, from real people on, hey, are those tips good? What do you think about that chef? Start a thread. You can get it filled up with that infinite knowledge pool that's there. And some of us respect that. I respect the knowledge that's on AZ. I respect the people that put that knowledge out there. So I'm not going to turn my back on AZ. I love AZ. Right. Yeah, I, I I say the same thing all the time. You know, you can find anything you want on there. It's uh, it's still you know the number one place to get any any from any question you might have. Who won the U.S. Open in 1976? I guarantee you find out faster than uh, well, was it in 1976? <laughs> you you yeah, can find out anything any any question fast. So. Um, you, you may not know the answer. This is from Jay 
and so 18. Uh, will any of the pros be getting in the action, in, in, in on the action for season two? I can think of a few I'd love to see. I'd love to see Alexander. So, um, you may not know this. We don't know if there's even a season two, but, uh, what, what's your inside viewer on this? Um, let's just say spoiler alert. And, um, why do they think that maybe some of the pros don't get involved in season one? Maybe they should stick around. Oh, oh, there you go. Yeah. There's some stuff on the way, man. I'm telling you, there's some cool stuff on the way. If people just stick with it, stay with an open mind, they're going to like what they see. I'm telling you. Even the skeptics are going to come around. By the end of this, by the end of episode 10, I promise, people are going to say, you know what? If season two goes off the way that season one started to end, People are going to get behind this thing. And you know what? If people get behind this thing, there's going to be another network that says, we're going to create some competition. And then guess what? When there's two, three pool shows popping up, that's what's going to help the industry. That's what's going to help the game. And that's what we really want. We're not scared of competition because we're the original, baby. Well, I've got, I just got another question from Pink Lady. Please tell him I think it's cool that suddenly this past week they're doing the AMAs and Smiley stepped back in and built some drama. But Mike is being there from day one for the fans. I have, I have. Um, now, how, how, let me ask you because this has been on uh, Easy Billions, you know, it's right. a, a secret. What's going on with you and uh, Smiley? Are you uh, really at odds, or what, what's, what's the deal? Yeah, man, she uh, she blocked me on Facebook. Um, you know, she she's really mad at me right now. She blocked, um, she blocked you on Facebook? Yeah, I know. Like, that was a very adult thing to do. Um, you know, she made a couple Twitter posts, all that good stuff, um, on her uh, professional non-ball page, whatever. Anyway, the moral of the story is I said some stuff that, she didn't like that she felt like I was trying to discredit her win against me in a race to three, nine ball, round robin. And then she got on there trying to explain how she's this serious player. Like, how are you a serious player, but at the same time, you care so much about winning a race to three, nine ball? I don't understand. No comprendo. So, if you ask me, she got all bent out of shape while I'm actually sitting up there kind of building a little drama up to, to keep people involved in what's going on. Because now people kind of want to see that. They're like, oh, shoot, well, what's going on? What's going to happen? And, you know, why is she mad at me in real life? Uh, I couldn't tell you. You know, me and Smiley, we've had a ton of conversations. You know, we've been there for each other in a lot of spots where we both kind of felt a little more lonely or a little more isolated, um, you know, even throughout some of the production process, and we helped each other through. I love her. She, I think she's awesome. I think she's just butthurt right now. And if she's looking for an apology, um, I already apologized to her on the forum. If, if well, I heard an apology for what, though? I, I guess that's the... The only thing I'm apologizing to her for is as a friend, if I did hurt her, I'm sorry for that because I do care about Smiley. Like, I like her. I think she's an awesome girl. Um, but do I think she got all bent out of shape and just started spazzing out and got all ultra-aggressive? Yeah, I do. I think she just went way off the deep end and she needs to come on back. And that's okay because the front door is still open. She can come on home. So that's a, a little personal draw between you and her. Is Are, are there any other, uh, I guess, feuds or uh, anything that's going on with the other uh, cast members that oh, yeah. genuinely don't care for each other for one reason or another? I mean, you know, you you got to look at it this way. You know, I'll be honest with you. Um, like... The Smiley and Amy thing is real. They really don't like each other. I mean, that's that's true. 
They say it on public forums and Facebook, and it is what it is. They don't like each other. They don't get along. Um, Emily and Amy, they have this love-hate thing that is very, very weird um, because it's like they're, it's like they're frenemy. You, you ever hear that word? It's kind of like, I want to keep you close so I don't have to reach that far when I slit your throat. So, like, that's that's kind of how their relationship is. It's, it's, it's kind of odd. It's very uh, it's very weird. Um, but, you know, the boys on the show, let me just say that. The boys on the show, we don't got no trauma, man. You know, we, we don't take anything personal in a pool hall because that's the one place you can't take anything personal. The second you get emotional in a pool hall is usually right before you lose your money. You can't be emotional in a pool hall. There's no place for that. No place for feelings and emotions in a pool hall. Quote that. Well, what if you got, like, a, uh, uh, something between Jennifer and Amy? Doesn't that cause Ross and Jennifer's husband to have to make an alliance and be on the other person's side kind of thing? Um, I mean, I, I would say... Yes, but in all honesty, you know, Jennifer and Greg are kind of a a bad example of that because they're both such they're such strong people and at the same time individual and they can compartmentalize like two people I've never seen before. I mean, they're very business like in the way that they handle things. And they can totally separate. Like if if Jen had a thing Jen can manage that herself, and she doesn't need Greg to handle that for her. Like, they're that kind of mature adult couple, okay? So when I look at Ross and Amy, though, <laughs> if anything happens to Amy, Ross better be on her side, or he getting his ass whooped, too. <laughs> I, I, I get the feeling that uh, I know who's the, the boss around there, anyways. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, I mean, there's no secret, you know. If Amy says jump, Ross is already halfway in there. So is that's about all the questions that I've got uh, for you from the forums, and I've mixed in a few of my own or little questions here and there. Is there anything you want? I've I've, I've got about five minutes left. Uh, is there anything that you want people to know, or anything that we should know? Um, about, I mean, about you or anybody else uh, about the show itself. I mean, you know, one of the one of the main things I just want to let people know is like we're we're kind of in a like a decompression stage because I mean the ten weeks that we were filming, we were like we were really at each other's throats. We saw the type of money that was out there, and we all wanted to go and get that money. I mean, that was that's true. That part when you see that stuff on the show, when you see people saying like, "Listen, I want to play." And when you see people say, like, well, I'll play for 250 No, I want to play for 500 Trust me, people were trying to play for as much as they could get the other person to play for. You know, I mean, now some of the stuff with the money, it makes sense. I can't get into all that because that's part of the stuff I can't tell you. But what I will say is this. There was a lot of hustle going on. And some of those negotiations that you saw, You'll notice it for yourself if you pay attention to what's being bet. You can start figuring out some things in your head, and then you'll notice some trends, but you've got to watch real close in order to understand that. So now that we, we're kind of done with the show, now we're watching the show, now we're laughing at all the things we didn't know happened behind our back and all the stuff we said in the interview room at each other, you know, and the pressure's off. And we're not firing at each other all the time. You know what I mean? Now we're kind of, you know, decompressing and we're kind of bonding a little bit because now we realize, hey, we did something great together. Um, but if they say season two, I mean, there's no loving pool like that. So we know if we're going to do some more episodes, we're going to get right back in that war mode. We're going to go right off at each other again. And, I mean, you know, all the drama that people saw and that you've seen so far and that you will see, 
Let me tell you something. Just because the camera stopped rolling, that don't mean that the situation ended right there. That just means production left. I mean, there's. I mean, some of this stuff. Some night it got bad between them, and people didn't speak to each other for weeks and weeks at a time. Didn't want to be near each other. I mean, near punching each other in the face every time they walked past each other. I mean. It got real. It got heated. You know, with these cameras on you, it's a pressure cooker. And feelings get magnified and amplified. And, you know, sometimes you may even let things get to you more than they would in real life because you know that your family and friends might see it since it was filmed. So now you feel really disrespected, to whereas you might not have cared that much in real life. You might have said, like, yo, man, get out of here. But now you see it on camera, you're like, are you going to talk to me like that in front of my family? Like, no, nah, we got a problem. You know what I mean? Because you feel like people got more audacity to say something to you crazy when they know that the whole world is watching. So, you know, in real life, on the show, you know, I just want to say, you know, people act the same. Like, everybody's everybody. Like, Mikey is Mikey. I talk my shit. I say I got bad love for people. Like, that doesn't change. I'm not I'm not a snake, whatever. You know, Mike DeShane is still half likable, half arrogant. That's just the way he is. You know what I'm saying? Scotty, Scotty. He's probably drinking a beer right now. Amy is probably telling Ross to clean up the room and make dinner for her. So, like, everybody is the way that they are in real life as they were on the, the camera. just had a chance to just bring out, like, the heightened, most crazy versions of yourself at some point. Well, listen, Mikey, I'm, I appreciate it. I am just about out of time. I, I appreciate you coming on and telling us how it is and giving us your insights and your opinions. And uh, yeah. I wish everybody the best of luck. I hope it all works out for everybody and there's a season two and the whole pool world gains advantage from it. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. Need me again, man. Just call. You know you're my man. All right, buddy. You take care. Thanks a lot, man. All right, Mark. Bye. Later, buddy.